Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Middle of the Road, the podcast. This week, we are discussing another flashback. Flashback 20 years in the past to 2000 to discuss Ridley Scott's Gladiator. This is a pick from Ben. I, I misspoke on the last episode. I didn't think he won Best Actor for this movie, but he did win for this movie. And he didn't win for A Beautiful Mind, even though he should have. <laughs> I'm going to punch you. <laughs> That's a very um, controversial movie in our household because Heather says she didn't sp- like steal it from her parents, but she definitely did. So I have not seen it again. <laughs> it's been a while. I don't even live. Not that I live I haven't with my seen that one in a anymore, while either. Lauren, I thought you were going to say that one of your family members is schizophrenic and they they had problems with the depiction. I was like, holy cow. We about to get. I mean, Heather did get in trouble as a child for writing on the walls. So. She tried to blame it on me, but it was a giant H. It's like, it's not for me, Heather. (laughs) (laughs) And I was also in a crib at the time, so. Ben, pick this movie for us because it's his favorite movie ever. So, Ben, why don't you give us some history with you and Gladiator, and then we can talk about how it holds up 20 years later. All right. Everybody had seen this before, Mm right? Um, I don't... Oh, that's right. John said he didn't think he'd John seen had it seen all the way bits through. and pieces. He's oh, uh, right. he'd uh, black yeah. swanned it. There's no lesbian sex scene say. in Gladiator. Or did I watch the wrong? But he seemed like one movie. good scene. <laughs> I, I feel like I, I feel like I maybe probably like watched parts of it in school at some point, and then have just like forgotten parts of, of the plot line. But yeah, I, I feel like I'd seen most of it. Ben. So let's uh, cast our minds back, way back when. (laughs) 14-year-old Ben is, uh, actually, let's start a little bit further back. 10-year-old Ben watched this movie far too early, but appreciated it. Appreciated it, but didn't love it. Like, it's a good movie. Liked it. Moved on with my life. You know, did other things. Then I was a freshman in high school, and I went back to it, and it just moved the score, the the acting, the, the... the script is all just impeccable. And I mean, I was kind of a big fan of like the God of War games. So like that Greek Roman culture is always kind of cool to see or historical Greek Roman. Um, and the, so like the setting is fantastic. Uh, it's my favorite, my favorite performance from Russell Crowe and my second favorite from Joaquin Phoenix, who are two of my favorite actors alive living actors english ben and i've watched this movie probably twice a year since then so i've seen it probably at least 30 times uh and it and i still like get completely invested in the story and the characters every time i go back to it and it just leaves me kind of like devastated uh and emotionally empty by the end like I just it, it's such a powerful and well-made movie. And the only thing that's really come close since is uh probably three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri for diff- different reasons, but they're like just not not many movies have come close have come anywhere near close to matching um the quality and my my appreciation of Gladiator. John. Um I I think what's interesting about this film is that it... Actually, I should start by saying this. Immediately after watching this movie, or maybe maybe even like sooner through it, 
I messaged my high school history teacher to ask his thoughts of it, Steve Erstein, because he's a teacher who had a deep impact on me just with his breadth of history knowledge, but also um, his appreciation of various artistic things, whether it's film or uh, music or that kind of thing. And he gave the great, a great four word synopsis, which was good fun, bad history. And I think. Well, that's any movie. <laughs> no, for sure. Um, it, but it was interesting reading up on how much the history was contested. And there were a lot of very outspoken ac- academics who kind of either one, like disavowed the film or two distance themselves from it even if wait they, till like, they see 300 <laughs> even if they advised on it yeah which probably we never would have had if not for gladiator because no 100 kind of, it yeah. kind of like revitalized the swords and sandal epic and just kind of brought that back to the forefront as well but yeah oh, it's, sure. it's definitely not like it plays it fast and loose with historical accuracy <laughs> but I think the accomplishment of what you mentioned, Ben, is the thing that I kind of took away from it, though, at the same time. Like, 300 doesn't get made. I'm sure Troy doesn't get made without this film. And as someone who grew up on films like The Ten Commandments and Ben-Hur, and the greatest story ever told wasn't necessarily a sword film. It was definitely a sandal film. (laughs) But like just set in that era and time and just the big historical epics that had um, like incredible set pieces and that sort of thing. Yeah, super entertaining, like seeing some of the shots of Rome in the Colosseum and the parades through Rome or even just like the the mini gladiatorial fights in smaller cities or villages or that kind of thing. The, the accomplishment that is this film in terms of that design and production value is is vast. And the acting, I mean, the acting of everyone else is kind of overshadowed by Joaquin Phoenix and Russell Crowe, for sure. And I think that probably carries along the plot, too. Like, Joaquin Phoenix's character isn't, or character arc isn't necessarily anything original. Like, you you have daddy issues kind of at the crux of it and then elimination of like the moral kind of center of the character and then the character kind of falls apart and gets even more corrupt but yeah the corruption of absolute power and just this this arrogant man child yeah without having the forces around him to keep that at bay whether it's his sister his father maximus like or their combination of the three but so again this isn't this isn't a new story arc but or character arc but he does it so well and as one of his earliest roles like it's it's quite incredible and it, it's weird to kind of look at Joaquin Phoenix in recent days and not that he's not as great he's obviously an amazing actor still but he's so like he's so humble and modest and kind of awkward in person and then to see him play this character with such pomp and arrogance it's crazy and russell crowe acting what's it well yeah (laughs) yeah of course and russell crowe too he's amazing it's it's interesting because i feel like like maybe this was the explosion of these two in terms of their careers this is their breakthrough roles and they they were awesome well i and so it's i'd like to push back on one thing though and i feel like 
Yes, like Russell Crowe and, and Joaquin Phoenix absolutely lead the pack, but I think Connie Nielsen and uh, Oliver Reed and uh, I'm going to butcher his name, but uh, Jimon Honsu, the, uh, the, like his uh, Maximus's confidant in the gladiatorial arenas and whatnot. I, I think all three of them are also just fantastic. So I think, I think one thing that I wish with some with some of those characters, I feel like this this movie could have done better with them if it had the one aspect of those epic films to really flesh out those characters, and that aspect ju- is just length. If this film was like even longer. I think we probably could have gotten like that last scene where uh, Jimon Hamsu like buries the the idols or whatever. I think I would have got some more emotional weight from that if if we had spent some more time with him without him playing just kind of like a background character to Russell Crowe. Again, all this to say, production value, set design, music—you were mentioning it, Ben. Acting like this film has a lot of amazing components. I think I. I I'm not sure how strongly I felt about it off my first watching, but I think off this rewatch, it definitely it definitely dropped a little bit for me, or I definitely kind of felt a little bit skeptical or a little bit confused by all the critical acclaim that it got. It's a great film for sure, but yeah, I don't know. It didn't seem it didn't seem like the sum of all its parts. That's the best way I can say it. Lauren. Um I was just going to say, like, I've, I don't know, like, just coming off exactly what um, John just said, it's like, this is one of the times where I feel the Oscars got the best picture right for once. It's like, I don't know, I still really love it. I haven't watched it in at least a decade. It's been ages. But it's like, it still worked really well for me. And I don't really feel, I don't necessarily agree with needing the other characters to be any bigger than they already are. It's like, let's go back to the start of Rome with Romulus and Remus and the story of the <laughs> brothers. And this It's like, they're the most important part of the story. We don't need the other people to be just as developed or grand. What I'd be curious about is because I, I haven't seen the original cut of this movie in forever. Like, I always rewatch the extended and I feel like that, like all these supporting characters are fleshed out, so maybe that's what's added in the extended. It's just more downtime with Max. How much? It's how long? How much minutes. longer is it? Fifteen yeah, minutes. It's not way longer. And most of the scenes go to Nielsen and Phoenix. I don't think Hansu gets any extra th- stuff actually in the. Oh really? I in think, the extended version. I think my biggest complaint about this movie is just that what happened to his wolf? I mean, it just disappears. <laughs> I'm going to assume it lived, though, because if it didn't, this would have been a much shorter movie. That um, common or what was his name? Commodus would have died instantly. He would have got all John Wick on him. So <laughs> it's interesting you bring up John Wick, and because I feel like the action choreography of a movie like John Wick makes this feel archaic almost yeah like a lot times. of the fights in the gladiator rings i was like there's not actually a lot to these <laughs> like there, at, at points there is good filmmaking and like you can tell what's going on but then other times there's just like the cameraman's running with a <laughs> like try, it just for every good shot and establishment like i think the best gladiator fight is the is the first one in the Coliseum. But both of the Coliseum ones are a lot more coherent than the first two. And they're all um, they're all entertaining. 
I was just going to say, I love that first fight in the Coliseum so much just because there's basically a guy out there in a mascot uniform just fighting everyone because he's like wearing a bull suit, basically. <laughs> like, he did not think that one through. So one, one thing I read online, it, not extensive research, I should just say the Wikipedia page, but one thing that I thought was interesting is one of the aspects that was historically accurate that the film actually intentionally removed for the sake of people did, wouldn't think it would be believable is that gladiators actually had like endorsements mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And so they wanted to re- remove that because yeah, it would, it would definitely jive with the tone of the film for sure. But mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting, especially when considering like you just mentioned, Lauren, all the elaborate costumes that they had too. Yeah. I think they said there was like one fact I read, I think they said there were like 10,000 costumes made for this movie. Another thing said there were like 27,000 different armor pieces. Lord, Jeez, yeah. it's like, that's a lot. <laughs> I can't even fathom that much. It goes to show like the, the costumes and set design in this movie are spectacular. And I see what you guys are saying about the action sequences too, but I, maybe that's it's just me, but I love I love how chaotic and rushed and fast it feels. Like it just, it's it's mm-hmm. not... It isn't. Well, I mean, these aren't trained people fighting in many cases, so. Yeah, but it's like even the camera work is pretty kind of like it just like yeah. quickly cuts here, 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 and it just never gives you like this like it never settles. And I think it's particularly great in the opening sequence because it's just like it feels almost like Saving Private Ryan, where it's just mass carnage all over the place. I mean, it definitely felt like it was trying to be Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, it probably was. Like I, you know. <laughs> I think, but I think what. I think all those scenes still work, even if I have a little bit of the shots and it feels a little shaky cammy at times, because I think all of them are beautifully set up. I think Scott does an amazing job of building up the tension of all of these fights and setting the tone and like getting you hyped for it. And I, I'm never disappointed, but I, I this was the first time I, I have to say when I when this came out i watched this movie a lot and appreciated it and still do but i think i i had such fond nostalgic memories for all the fight scenes that caught me off guard this time that they weren't as uh they didn't feel as impressive as they did since the last time i watched it which like lauren was probably over a decade ago yeah i feel like basically all i remembered about this movie was that there was incest tendencies being hinted at <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah hey. remember remember before game of thrones when that was kind of like <laughs> yeah weird? i felt like i knew like every beat of this movie rewatching it that's For how many sure. times i think yeah. i had seen it in the past i had only seen it like once or twice but i also i found myself so bored this time like it i don't know what it I just could not get into the movie. Were you sleepy? No, I I wasn't even that sleepy. It just, I don't, it takes an hour and a half almost to get to to Rome, which seems crazy that it takes that long. Did you watch the extended? I did, but I, well. Because I feel like it was either 45 minutes or an hour in that we got to the first, like, fight in the Coliseum, or in the arena. But the the thing, too, is before you get there, you also get a couple of the the movie's best moments, like that opening fight, and you get Commodus with uh, Marcus, which is just, it's this heartbreaking sequence, you know, where he's like, you know, I I just wish you had loved me. And it's like, oh, this is is so sad. And then he kills his dad. It's like, oh, now this is even worse. One of the historical (laughs) inaccuracies. I think he died from the plague, is what I read. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. I agree with, I agree to a certain point that, like, it, 
at times it does feel slow. I also agree, but I I also agree with the fact that the choreography and the the fight sequences is great. But so looking back at what else came out that year and what else was nominated, if this was a different time, do do people think Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon? If it had the opportunity to be nominated as a best picture and not just a best foreign language film, do we think that would have beat this? Because wasn't Crouching Tiger nominated for best picture? Well, no, I I think I it was back was in it? the it time was when Traffic, Aaron Malkovich, or the other two movies, Aaron Brockovich, not Malkovich. Yeah, Brockovich, <laughs> um, Traffic, Aaron Brockovich, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, oh, no, and Aaron, Chocolate. Oh, oh, I guess it was. Yeah, I mean, I, okay. I think back back then though, not, like that had no chance in hell, unfortunately, because it was a foreign film. Like, yeah, we've only just now had an Oscar winner that was a foreign film. Like, it took us this long to get here. What was yeah. the fifth movie? Um, Traffic and Aaron Brockovich, Chocolate or some Chocolate. Shoka, I do like, I do I like enjoy Chocolate. That one. Yeah, that's a great film. I don't um, think not but, so much. I think now, I've only, but... out of those, I've only seen Gladiator and Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. <laughs> Traffic is fucking incredible. I want to go back and watch Traffic just because one, like uh, Steven Soderbergh. I know that's that's your boy Zach, but it, he got <laughs> best director for it, and I, and it's just. He got best director twice. He was also nominated for Aaron Brockovich. Yeah, Only person to ever okay, be nominated gotcha. for best director twice in a year, I think. That's crazy. So it makes me laugh that Ben was talking about how great the script was because the script is like one of the most like talked about things with this movie, how bad it was, and like still being written as the movie was going. And it's like I think they, I think I read that this was Maximus the first wasn't time supposed that... to be dying. Yeah, like all, yeah. all of shooting. these different stars aligned just for this movie to like come out successful, <laughs> like. Not even just, like, great, but, like, acceptable. Like, the fact that that happened is a miracle. <laughs> like, I think they said this was the first time in, like, 50 years that a movie that wins Best Picture didn't have, like, the director or writer nominated for the Oscar. Ooh. Or, no, was, or did wait, it did director get? Yeah, maybe it was win. You're right, it's win. Because yeah. I was going to say, he did get nominated. Because I, I just feel like, also, with Crouching Tiger, like, the emotional beats, the design, like, everything in gladiator is super impressive but i feel like in terms of the like emotional weight behind it and the emotional impact crouching tiger just hits a little bit harder i don't remember tiger all that well yeah, i haven't seen it it's probably. just the wire few I, I remember i think they're both a little emotionally distant and I, I don't know i didn't get wrapped i don't remember getting wrapped up in either of their the, the, like i didn't have the emotional reaction ben has to gladiator first time i watched gladiator i sobbed oh, i sobbed. <laughs> i sobbed this time i sob every time like it I always, I always I, go. I in. didn't this time, and I was shocked. I always go in being like, I'm not gonna cry. I'm not gonna cry this time. I've seen it enough fucking times that. <laughs> oh god damn it! And that's it. You know. What part makes you cry? Oh, the ending. The, the ending end. absolutely destroys me. Like, and it's, it's like very, I managed. It's very. I am Iron Man. I managed to hold it's it a together. Story's over. I managed to hold it together this yeah, time, but it's sad until <laughs> until uh, Nielsen is just like go to them and i'm just like oh fuck i can't see like, her even saying that yeah. yeah it's like no don't do it <laughs> gates of elysium i love how that's done too it's such a cool like they don't even like mention that's what it is but you can tell that's where you can tell like that's what it is that's where he's going it's such a cool visual treat i think i don't know what movie it was we watched what did we watch last week Never let me go. It's like, can we next time put more of a cushion in between these super sad movies? <laughs> yeah, we gotta, we gotta find a way to. I think, 
I think this movie like that, I think the best watch I was ever going to have with this movie was like the first time seeing it in a theater. (laughs) I think some movies get better every time and not that this movie's horrible or anything, but good. I'm um, glad you're not and saying. Neither that. did Left Never Let Me Go. But it's interesting that both of these are movies that I had really strong feelings for the first time I saw it, and they've both diminished a little bit. Where I think that my absolute, the great, great, great movies get better every single time. It's pandemic time, man. You've been hardened. No, my my favorite <laughs> bit of trivia about Gladiator as a whole is the. Well, not this movie itself, but there was a script floating floating around from, uh, I believe it's Nick Cave, Mm -hmm. which sounds so amazingly terrible, and I'm so glad they never (laughs) made it, but I'm also so bummed they never made it. It's like Russell Crowe gets reincarnated, like the gods are like, you're not done, and they send him back to basically kill Jesus, in a sense. (laughs) And it turns out it's the kid from the original movie. It's, um, God, what was his name? He was also in in, um, Unbreakable. Yeah, he was in the Unbreakable. You know that classic question, if you could go back in time and kill Jesus, would you? (laughs) But it it just sounds so, so bad. And I'm just like, I'm so glad this, I'm glad that the script exists, but I'm glad the movie doesn't. I didn't chime in on the acting. I think everybody's really good in the movie, obviously, but we were, I forgot one of these previous podcasts, we got off on a Russell Crowe ranking tangent. And I still think like this isn't top <laughs> top five for me from him. I think he's very good, but yeah, I don't know. Like this isn't, the, none of these, like of the three big names here, Scott, Ridley Scott, the, uh, and prolific names here ridley scott Pro- joaquin phoenix and russell crowe like this isn't top five for any of them for me and actually i was before we started the podcast we were talking about watching long movies in a movie that i plan on rewatch. this just made me want to watch kingdom of heaven again the extended cut version of it which i think is was that the orlando bloom one yeah which i think is the superior ridley scott swords and sandals epic of the last 20 years i think you're probably the only person who thinks that the 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 kingdom of heaven director's cut definitely has a very strong following out there Mm -hmm. and which i didn't and i thought the i thought the when i saw that in theaters i was disappointed and the the extended cut really does it's a, it's a whole yeah, different yeah i don't movie. remember liking it i always get kingdom of heaven confused with kingdom of god and those are two completely <laughs> different movies despite um, being about like the title being the same thing <laughs> yeah kingdom of heaven 2 also I think that's what kind of really dinged this movie for why I was bored. The movie Gladiator's just paying lip service to, you know, like the democracy versus I don't know. The movie just doesn't seem to be about anything. It's about it's about this like tragic story of uh Maximus, you know. Like yeah, his, I, it, it, his fall I, from grace and his rise to being even more powerful than he was before. You know? But I also like don't believe for a second that I mean I guess we're supposed to believe the instant he was alive I don't know like <laughs> he he should have he should have why did it take him so long to like realize he could have just rallied the army he could have walked out the tent and rallied the army against I don't think he cared in the beginning like he wasn't as soon as he was captured and put in the gladiator ring or whatever he wasn't originally like yeah I'm gonna use this opportunity to get revenge I think he was just done with it. Yeah, he had like no idea he'd ever be able to do anything like that. He figured all of his connections were gone. 
Yeah, how was he going to get word to the army? But I'm saying, like, in the beginning, like, I, like instead of going back to his tent, he could have rallied the troops right there on the spot. They were probably all drunk after that victory. <laughs> it would not have happened. <laughs> Actually, what's his, who's the fucker who, the the number two guy with the um, scarf? Is it Quintus? Quintus. Or Cicero? Quintus really fucked everything Quintus. over. That guy rolled over so goddamn fast. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, like, it's like in the end of the okay at the end of the movie. How do you read it? Did he know that um, Commodus had the thing up his grieve, or was he like actually wanting him to die? Oh, he wanted his... he wanted Commodus dead. He was just like okay. It was like I'm done doing everything you want. It's like you wanted to fight Maximus. Here you go. I was so shocked to read that he actually did die. And, and like a gladiator actually killed him. I, I just I love that action the, the the way that scene is done. Like the music is great, and I love how Commodus is like wearing all white, so he's like this pure. He looks, yeah, that was not a good choice. But he's like this. He looks like he's like a pure and like the good, and then mm-hmm. Maximus is wearing the dark. So it's but it's like you know the opposite of what they're actually. Yeah, he needs to talk to Deadpool about what colors to wear when you get bloody. <laughs> <laughs> The the symbolism and the messaging and, well, you and know, the when imagery you poop your pants. is powerful for sure. But it also, it, I don't know. I think I'm kind of with Zach on this. Like it's it's a powerful story, but it's not an original story. And I think what stories are original these days? No, that's that's fair. Um, I would have much preferred the movie that dove more into the politics. Like Maximus is still. Well, then the watch lead. your Star Wars movies. <laughs> um. <laughs> You know, yeah, I, watch I, yeah the prequels. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. my god! Oh, the space politics. I I feel like watching this film though in today's political climate is so interesting because I, the phrase that Proximo says is so like profound. He says, "Win over the crowd," and what mm-hmm. it's like, "Win over the crowd and you'll win back Rome" or something like that. Win over thirty-eight percent of the crowd and you'll you'll be elected president. <laughs> Can you imagine watching a, a, a leader these days get murdered and <laughs> like this? Like that, that's just so ridiculous. Well, the thing is, like, I feel like a lot of people would have that same reaction. Like, even if it was like a, a well-respected official, like that whole like, ah, people going sh- crazy. <laughs> well, like, but that's that's the thing. It's the spectacle. It's the spectacle of it. Like the. The political rallies, for all intents and purposes, are like a one-sided gladiatorial game because the gladiatorial game, the gladiator, uh, gladiator games were, they were just specifically a way to distract people from the fact that maybe if they weren't part of the ruling class or the bourgeoisie class, their life kind of sucked. And it was also a way to be like, oh, you go to the gladiator game, you might get some food, which is like pretty corrupt in and of itself like i like i don't know and so this idea of participating in a corrupt system you might get some food were they eating the bodies no they were throwing, <laughs> no, they bread, were throwing out bread. The bread and stuff that's like right that. that's where the that's where I was the like, phrase i didn't remember this in my history classes <laughs> i think bread and circuses i think that's where the phrase comes from is the the old gladiatorial gladiator games i don't know or like i'm more a, of a let them eat cake person when it comes <laughs> to food quotes but yeah so like i feel like there's there's something that's less poignant or less powerful about about maximus participating in this bloody corrupt spectacle 
and utilizing it in order to in order to get Rome to reform Rome or get return it to what it used to be. I like I I wonder what a powerful message it would have been if like for the first five minutes of that fight sequence, um, he didn't fight back at all and he just kind of tried to like avoid or dodge to sh- to kind of yeah, almost I agree with that. show that he's he's not willing to participate in this spectacle or acknowledge the legitimacy of it sort of. Well, he did do um, that. Like when, when he was being, he assigned. did for a training exercise and that was it. But I th- I'm with John. I think he turned a little too quickly. And maybe that's, maybe that was exacerbated by the fact that all his plans were like ruined and Cicero died and like all that kind of thing. But yeah, I don't know. I, it, it's the political commentary of this, or political messaging of this film is very, is very interesting to contemplate in today's political climate. Which is terrifying if you think about it. No, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious. What are the fa- like? I, I feel like Gladiator has some of the best like lines in any movie. Does anyone have like a favorite in particular that? Its uh, best line is when he turns around to Commodus. That's the best moment of the movie, I think. That's and, my favorite uh, after scene the first in battle. film. Yeah. yeah, like that's... I, oh. The one where he says, whatever he says about he'll have his revenge in this life or the next, mm-hmm. Russell Crowe, like, at first refused to say that line and he was going to try to come up with something better, but he couldn't, so he was like, fine, I'll say it. What was, <laughs> I think it's a great line yeah, in that moment. Like, yeah, it's so... I mean, again, it's one of the most memorable scenes from the movie i think we, i think i was gonna say that as well i could see crow coming from the place of if i say this he's gonna kill me like it doesn't make any sense like commodus should just have killed him on the spot after he said that yeah. like i get like the, from the he story probably, structure yeah. sense like it logically it doesn't make sense that he would say that unless he knew the, cool how the crowd was gonna react like mm-hmm. to yeah, that's why you project your voice when you say things. <laughs> you whisper. Well, I think at the end of the scene, when he keeps talking about how he killed his family, it's like, dude, the crowd can hear you. Shush. <laughs> the Rewatchables just did this this week, too, the Bringer yeah, podcast. Yesterday was the 20th anniversary of it hitting theaters. I saw that. The, but there was something that made me really, really respect the... And when I was wa- watching it, I had the same thought at how crazy it was. But at the end of the second gladiator fight where russell crowe goes on his own against like six dudes and then that's where the i'm not are you not entertained line happens where he's basically you know shaming everybody for being here and liking it and then he throws the sword into the crowd and it's just like imagine uh jason concepcion was like imagine if you were at that fight that day and you went home and you're like holy shit you wouldn't believe what happened today this guy killed six people on his own then he yelled at us for liking it, and then he threw his fucking sword into the crowd. <laughs> fucking nut job. <laughs> I don't know. I still think it's not a line, but I think one of my favorite things about this movie is during. I can't remember if it's the first fight, but like the camera would go to Joaquin during one of the gladiator fights, and he's just doing these like weird face pulls and stuff, oh, reacting yeah. to the fight. Yeah. It's like. Yeah. Yeah, I read 
in um, a lot of IMDb trivia, a lot of IMDb trivia for this movie, but they're talking about how Joaquin Phoenix would often go to like Russell Crowe asking him to like beat him up before se- like scenes to punt like to <laughs> just pump him up. <laughs> and they're like, he went, I can't remember who then Crowe went to, but he's like, I don't know what to do. He keeps asking me to like hurt him. I don't want to do this. So he's like, the guy, the other actor was just like, we'll just get him drunk before scenes. It's like, I wonder if that was one of those days where he was drunk. <laughs> This is how a not drunk person would react to this. Well, because there was that part where he like was doing the like blah 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 kind of yada 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 through whatever mm-hmm. like fight thing just happened, and then there was a part where he just stuck his tongue out like a really yeah. That's weird. the part I'm talking <laughs> yeah. about. It was so weird. And it was it was it was weird, but it was also great to convey the sort of like manicness of Commodus and just sort of how unhinged he had gotten in mm-hmm. thinking of this spectacle as securing his legacy and like godlike status for his people. Yeah, I really think that I, I went down to a three star on the movie. I was really disappointed. Jeez. After what? watching it. Yeah. Because I, I don't know. not like, entertained. There are these groups. <laughs> there are these it's i don't know it just felt like a really boring slog around a, like five or six great scenes which i don't know how that evens out in my brain see it's crazy to me because it's like when i started it's like oh two and a half movies or two and a half movies two and a half hours this is the worst and then i watched it and it went by really quickly for me it's, like, hmm. it's not no know. eyes wide shut yeah this movie, <laughs> oh, this movie i mean oh okay well like wide, hold the phone I'd, I'd watch <laughs> eyes wide shut a hundred times before I watch Gladiator again at this after today's viewing. That's because you're a masochist. <laughs> oh, I really hope we can't pick the same movie for anniversaries. Like as much as I would love to pick like Gladiator, Gladiator for th- its thirtieth, I also don't want Zach to pick Eyes Wide Shut for its thirtieth. Yeah, we're not doing thirtieth. There's so many movies in '99. I probably could still do. <laughs> ben, have you seen Kingdom of Heaven? I have not. You should. Um. Watch. Make sure, like, making sure you watch the extended version. I, I added it to my watch list when you brought it up. So yep, yeah, it's it's, it's it's definitely. I just have to get through another one and a half extended Lord of the Rings movies oh, yeah. first, and then I'll get I, on. Hmm? Like that, yeah, that'll I be think my next. Kingdom of Heaven <laughs> extended is like three hours and ten minutes, I think. So, but I, I I I'd be really intrigued to see what you said. It's very similar to Gladiator, like in in a lot of ways, but. Uh, that movie has a lot more on its mind. It's a lot more about religiosity and the time period because it takes place during the Crusades. And it's got an amazing performances from Liam Neeson and Edward Norton behind a mask. Never see his face. Ava Green's really good in it. Yeah. Ava Green's really good in anything. Go watch Master and Commander and <laughs> Kingdom of Heaven if you like this movie. That, those would be my two takeaways. Anybody got anything else on Gladiator? Oh, I want to give credit to the and the guy who does like all the pomp and circumstance and before the start, like I, the trivia. I was wondering so much if those were his actual eyebrows or if they were just for this movie. And like the trivia was like, nope, those are his eyebrows. Like, oh my god, Damn. can you imagine? <laughs> Gotta work hard for this. That's gonna do it for Gladiator. Still Ben's favorite movie. Yup. Still Lauren's. It's so it's not like Lauren stayed the same. John and I mm-hmm. were both down on it a little. But John also had never seen yeah, it before. John can't be down and John on also it. <laughs> said it was still great. So I don't know what John feels about this movie. He gave it yeah, four John's stars. Hard to read. I, th- I think I just went through it and I gave it a three and a half. 
No, five out of seven. It. Yeah, he downgraded it from the in the middle of this conversation. Then five out of seven, right there with Fight Club. Next week, <laughs> we are going to be discussing John's pick from 2010, The Switch, which is a movie I've seen. Don't remember it. <laughs> it stars Jason Bateman and Jennifer Aniston. It involves switching a, sp- a sperm sample for an in vitro pregnancy, if I believe. I oh, remember... so not sailors. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember thinking the movie was okay, but I have no memory yeah. of it like Lauren says either. So John picked this for us, and he can let us know why he picked it next week. But uh, yeah, the switch, Jason Bateman's Jennifer Aniston, Jennifer Aniston, right? I got that right? I'm guessing. I'm mm-hmm. not okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Jennifer Aniston. Uh, yeah, the 2010 comedy. I look forward to wondering why the hell we're watching that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Until then, I'm Zach Oldenburg. You can find me wherever you can find Zach, at Zach Oldenburg. And you can find us at middleofrow.com. Uh, rate and review the podcast. Apparently it helps. I'm Ben Grigsby. You can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at the Grigsby Bear, and you can find all of us on Facebook at Middle of the Row. I'm Jonathan Rahul. You can follow me on Twitter at another Rahul J, and you can also follow us on Twitter at Middle of Row. And I'm Lauren Heimbar. You can find me on Twitter at Beware of Trees, and you can find us on Tumblr at middleofrow.tumblr.com. Thanks for listening. Go watch the Switch 2010 edition. It's probably another movie called The Switch, right? (laughs) And remember, the best seats are in the middle of the road.